0: Hey there! Welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well.
1: Hey, everyone. My name is Jesse. I uh, help teach here occasionally. I'm glad to be back with you. I want to start today by bragging about my buddy Daniel. Daniel is probably the coolest guy you could ever meet. He's an accomplished woodworker. He makes beautiful, beautiful uh, works of art. He's an intellectual thought provoker. I love our conversations. And he's an adventurer who's always prepared for the unexpected events of life. When we were kids, a good friend of ours lived along the Willamette River in Oregon, and we grew up playing in, swimming in, and floating down this river. Now, the thing about the Willamette is that it's a a nasty, somewhat disgusting waterway, but I have fond memories of our times there. We were basically river rats. At certain points within the river, it has fairly strong currents, so it requires a degree of cautiousness while playing in it. My buddy Daniel thought it would be a fun feat to swim across the river and then swim back. Now, the its it's not a small river, and as I look back at the idea, you know, it probably wasn't the smartest idea, but we've done stupider things, and if anyone could do it, Daniel was the guy. As Daniel started across the river, the first thing we noticed was the current sweeping him away. He wasn't going across the river so much as he was going with the river at a slight angle. We realized that Daniel was going to end up so far downstream that he'd have to walk back upstream on the other side in order to swim back. This was probably the moment that we first learned about how to navigate currents. Now, we're all pretty good swimmers. Uh, Our childhoods were steeped in rivers and oceans and swimming pools. We were all well aware of how to operate and conserve energy while swimming. And so as Daniel swam, he did a great job. He made it across. He walked back upstream past where he had originally started so that when he swam back, he would end up kind of near where we were. We, we were surprised, we were so surprised by just how far the river had carried our beloved friend. Daniel was the strongest of us. If anyone could have done it, it was Daniel. But we just were not expecting how far the current took him. Now, I share this story because it is symbolic of how we navigate the current of culture. The atmosphere in which we live in influences us beyond our conscious comprehension. No matter how hard a person tries to fight it, they will be moved by the current of culture. Now, each culture is like its own river. Sometimes those rivers will meet together and mix. Other times, these rivers do not. As we read through and interact with the Bible, it is important to remember that The original audience swam in a different historical culture than where we are at currently. However, there are still applications that we can draw from from their situations that can help us in our own situations. The Bible is also unique in that it is the written word of God and that God partnered with people in order to share the revelation of God's desire for mankind's redemption. It's beautiful. The Bible is the ultimate testament of God's desire to have restored relationship with people. As we have seen so far in the book of 1 Peter, it is because of this good gospel that we are acknowledged as exiles and sojourners in the world that we live in. This truth soars beyond any and every human culture. It is because of the gospel and the adoption that we have received through Jesus Christ that we are redeemed and brought into the family of God. Given to us as a seal, and advocate, is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who then works in us and with us to renew our minds and align our desires with the will of God. Christ has been exalted, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father, serving as our great high priest. He is the Prince of Peace, and one day will return to this dusty globe to formally claim rule and bring about the full establishment of the kingdom of God. As we wait for this glorious day, We are instructed to partake in this world as exiles and sojourners, bringing in and presenting glimpses of our Father's kingdom. Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and through our commitment to the teachings of Jesus, we are to be royal representatives to those around us. The idea, as could be explained through our introductory metaphor, is that The atmospheric river of God's kingdom touches down like raindrops into the domain of man. Peter says we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This statement echoes back to the prophet Hosea, who wrote this almost word for word to the people of Israel. The nation of Israel entered into a holy covenant with God long ago, committing to a partner relationship and serving as a light on the hill. It was through the people of Israel that Jesus first entered this world as an incarnate man. Now, through the work and ministry of Jesus Christ, God's kingdom representatives are dispersed across the globe among every people and every tribe. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation united by our faith in Christ and empowered. By the indwelling Holy Spirit. However, as we continue to live in this world, we are constantly engulfed in our cultural rivers. Like a fish in water, we are so accustomed to the norms and practices around us that we are continually being swept away by the current of our culture. So the question arises. How do we live as children of God in the kingdom of man? Peter and everyone who assisted in the construction of this epistle was moved by the Holy Spirit to address this concern. As we saw in the last episode, Peter addressed the specific aspect of living under worldly kings and rulers in a God-honoring way. What we saw was a respectful uplifting of cultural norms, submission to those in authority, with a subtle reminder that God was the ultimate authority who even sets in place those who would rule. Peter affirmed and held high the station of political rulers while subverting their claim to divinity. Even emperors sat below the authority of God. Peter's focus then led to the exhortation of representative living, living in a way that would point people to the Lord. In today's passage, Peter continues by directing our attention towards a major component of the original audience's culture, household conduct. Within the Greco-Roman world, the relationships between husbands, Wives and slaves were seen as the bedrock of social structure. Similar to what we saw in the earlier verses, Peter offers understanding to the cultural norms while subverting them with godly wisdom. Let's take a look at the first example. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 16-20. through 20. Live as people who are free while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, then this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Peter's words lift up and esteems the household servant by recognizing their humanity, by recognizing their free will to choose, and then by affirming them with encouragement to honor the Lord and to serve as representatives of his kingdom. As you can imagine, servants at this time did not hold a high status in this culture. Yet with tactful instruction, Peter manages to offer dignity to household servants while keeping the culture they lived in in full perspective. Listen again to Peter's viewpoint. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Couple this with his direct address of, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. As Christians live in obedience to the Lord, Even within unjust social systems, they are subverting the status quo and opening up a new way of thinking. This is the impact of the Holy Spirit renewing our minds. Peter now offers the ultimate example for where this instruction is coming from. He continues in verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you And live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Following the example of Christ, we can live as people who are free, because through Christ we have been set free. But within our freedom, we must willingly. Submit ourselves to the Lord as servants. This main point is thus carried to each part of the Greco Roman household. Continuing in chapter 3, verse 1, Peter says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now, from what I understand, in Greco-Roman society, it was expected that the wife would follow the leadership of her husband, or who served as the head of the house. This included having the same friends that he had and worshiping the same God he worshipped. If the wife were to develop a friend group, say a church, outside of her husband and worship a different God than her husband, then she would be seen as rebelling against the household structure. Historian and theologian Karen Jobs writes, The very fact that a woman would adopt any religion other than her husband's violated the Greco-Roman ideal of an orderly home. Because prosperity and well-being were seen as dependent on religious forces, disorder in the home was a threat not only to the family, but to society. Christians were frequently blamed as the cause of public calamity because they introduced a new God, upsetting the status quo of the empire. Bearing this in mind as we review Peter's instructions, his statements now seem to have more weight. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one, without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Peter's instruction is based around the idea of wives becoming a witness to their husbands. Rather than leaning into the idea of rebellion, wives are encouraged to follow their social customs with a new mindset. The goal of this representative living is to win their husbands to the Lord. This is an evangelistic motive. Rather than fighting the current of culture, Peter offers the strategy of using the current to achieve their goals. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart With the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Based on this culture's perception towards fashion and beauty, this instruction is ensuring that no one may mistake the wife's motives. The ornate braiding of hair, the flashy jewelry, and the nice clothes, they were seen as upper class and very valuable. But simultaneously, it brought about the perception of seduction and deceptive intent. Instead, Peter points out that it is through their inward beauty and submissiveness to the Lord that they may attract the attention of their husbands, and anyone else for that matter, so that they may redirect that attention to the Lord. Peter reminds them of the righteous women in past days who did the same thing, and he uses this as a way to encourage them. Similarly to how Peter respected the servants, Peter again brings about a dignity to the women of this time, by calling them precious and loved by God. These passages are tender and uplifting moments in which slaves and women, who at this time were not the highest on the totem pole, are respected and valued. They are important representatives created in the image of God, men and women who are exiles on this earth. Peter then turns his attention to the husbands of the house. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. In the same way that wives are to win their husbands for the Lord, husbands Are to win their wives. The husband is to honor her, to respect her, and to be compassionate towards her in an understanding way. As the head of the Greco Roman house, he is to serve her and treat her as the precious co heir that she is. He is to use physical strength and his social standing to protect and honor his weaker wife. He is to lead with understanding and respect. Rather than fighting the current of culture, Peter offers the strategy of using the current to achieve our heavenly-inspired goals. No matter what our cultural situation is, we can use it as a witness for the Lord. As we move down the river of our culture Use the current to angle yourself towards your destination. We are representatives of God's kingdom, exiles and sojourners in this world. Work with the Spirit as He renews your mind. As Christians live in obedience to the Lord, even within unjust social systems, we are subverting the status quo and opening up a new way of thinking. This is the impact of the Holy Spirit renewing our minds. Keep your focus on the Lord and live your life in a way that points others to Him.
0: Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.